Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Meet Christina Parawag, sponsorship consultant, event creator, organizer of Toronto Professional Women's Meetup, and CEO slash founder of FemEvolve, an events platform and consulting agency that provides media coverage for numerous events in the GTA and promotes events for women. Christina helps event organizers dealing with financial worries around their events secure high-level sponsorship and business relationships so that they can bring their events to life without breaking the bank. With over two years experience in the sales, advertising, events, and publication world and working on five to six figure projects, Christina brings helpful tips and strategies surrounding fundraising and event creation to all of her clients. Christina's clients love working with her due to her ambition, new ideas, and passion to help others curate amazing events with a positive money mindset and by building the right relationships. Thank you so much, Christina, for joining the Brand Party podcast today. It's such an honor to have you on here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be part of this. I want to dive in and ask you, how does Brand Party resonate with you? Yeah, for sure. So I actually saw Brand Party on your page a while back, and I just thought it was so interesting how you went into that whole you know, 360 view of a business. I was at a point where I was doing a major pivot in my business in July of last year, so I switched over from running an online and print magazine to now doing an events and consulting company, completely different, right? And I really saw how essential different elements of a brand are in establishing your business. So I've kept a very similar audience, so I didn't need to change very much. And I've had the same color palette, fonts, and messaging throughout my brand. But if I didn't have these in place prior to the pivoting point, I just would have been much more difficult and stressful. And I think it would have just taken longer. So it saved me a ton of time to actually know who's my target audience, you know, what are my brand values, and then what are my colors, my fonts, and everything that resonates with them. Yeah, and especially we're going to dive in today a little bit more specifically about events and sponsorships, but what I really try to educate my listeners on is this idea of a brand 360 that you just mentioned too. So AKA like a very holistic approach to your brand, whether someone accesses you on your social channels to your website to in-person at events even. So Can you talk a little bit more about how you define your brand 360 within your own business? Definitely. I think I do it both in my personal and my professional brand. I keep it pretty consistent. It's also, it gets to you in person. So when somebody's meeting you, that brand is already at the forefront. And then once they go online, it's translating to, oh, this is the same sort of feeling that I'm getting, even when it's online. So I've been a person where I've always been drawn to really like bright and rich colors. So I tend to gravitate towards those. And that plays into the photographers and designers I've worked with too. I've always like been selective with, you know, what is their work like? Does it fit into what I'm looking for? I feel that the bright colors and visually appealing posts are like related to my personality because I'm a feed and I like that 
that sort of style. I do keep my fonts consistent throughout my website, my email newsletter, any quotes that I put on Instagram, and even in my event marketing. So you'll see it's, it's fairly consistent. I use like two or three of the same fonts all the time. I also use the same colors. I love like the hex codes because I can just save those and pop them in anywhere. <laughs> so everything's consistent. And then I ensure that, you know, my language is consistent and my words are similar all across my social media channels. So all my copy. And I, I say a lot of like similar words, whether it's in my personal professional brands, I'll use things like growth, authenticity, abundance, visualization, things that I really believe in and that I see my audiences uh, resonating with as well. And obviously it's a process to kind of define those terms as well for your own personal or professional brand. So what would you say to those who feel overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now? Definitely start early and don't hesitate to invest. I know that it can get expensive. Even if you can just start off with just your website or just a logo, it makes such a difference. When I was starting off, I didn't know where to go. And, you know, I did it on like Vistaprint. I did my business cards on there but they were blue with like a silver border and then my colors were like a dark purple. It didn't match. When I'm going to an event and I'm handing out the card, it's completely different than what you're seeing online. So it's, it can get a bit confusing. And honestly, I just chose the Vistaprint cards because they were pretty. Yeah, fair enough, right? <laughs> they didn't fit my brand at all. <laughs> so in, invest early. So everything from your website, your logo, your business cards, your color palette, your fonts, it's definitely worth it to have a designer who has an eye for that. And that can sit with you and have a consultation and help you dig really deep into what your brand looks like and help you bring that to life. And that's kind of what I do with my events as well, right? I sit and I talk about brand values and then we translate that into a real life experience. So figuring that out on what your company stands for, everything else would just kind of flow seamlessly after that point. And then even when you're communicating with sponsors down the road, it'll be easier. And that's something that I've learned with experience. It just takes time. And I have my clients do that as well. So yeah, start as early as you can and, and get someone on board to help you. Amazing. Well, let's break it down and bring it back a little bit. So what exactly is sponsorship and partnership? Sure. So this is something that I, I see a lot of people get confused about. The two words can be used interchangeably, but how I like to define them is a partner is a person or a company, sorry, or an individual who plays a crucial part of, in the event, but they might not be providing any sort of in-kind product or monetary support. So for example, it could be a venue that you've paid in full. You're still working with them, so they're a partner. It could be a catering company, a DJ, a florist. Those are all partners. In terms of a sponsor, that's a company or an individual that directly supports your event through either funds, in-kind product, or a discount. So one example is I've used a venue that gave me 70% off. And in return, they got a lot of traffic from the event guests. So they had people renting the space. They had people working out of the space. A bank that provides you like $1,000 to host your event, that's a sponsor. Any companies that give you swag for your gift bags or for giveaways. I think that both partners and sponsors need to be included on your event page. But at the end of the day, the sponsors will always get higher priority because, you know, they've donated either money or, or product. They've given something to mm -hmm. be part of that. So usually I'll allow them to either speak on stage or they get more promotion um, in person or digitally at the event as well. Amazing. So having clarity on what and who your brand identifies with is so important. But can we sometimes be blindsided by not offering enough value to your sponsors when pitching what exactly they're getting out of that partnership or sponsorship? Like, how do we not fall down that trap? Yeah, so I wanted to actually talk about a story that <laughs> it was kind of a bad experience that I had. So when I was running Femme Evolve as a magazine, I was getting a lot of requests from people for sponsorship. 
because I guess there was sort of a misconception that we were this big brand and you know like we had a lot of funding even though it was just me and a few other subcontractors that were working on it at the time and I was once BCC'd on an email asking for sponsorship so it was this company these co-founders that said that they found Femevolve through a business directory and I just found the email to be so ingenuine because it shared everything about them mm-hmm. nothing about me so it said everything about their company their numbers I could tell they had absolutely no idea what I did I was just on a long list of people that they blasted the email out to, right? So I didn't see where I fit into the event or where my value came from. And I think you need to have value on both sides. So I quickly just had no reply and I just deleted it, which is sad, but you have to also filter through those things and sponsors do the same thing, right? So if you're making it more about you than them, that's when they're going to start to walk away. It's important to share your numbers and your demographics, but you also have to tie into how they can be included in the event. You know, why are they a great fit? And what value are they bringing? And also, you have to get clear on who their audience is. So is it an audience similar to yours? And how can you pitch to them so that your brands are aligned? You don't want to seem like you're from two completely different industries serving different customers. And a perfect example of this is you can pitch to a phone company like Rogers, and you can pitch to a beauty company like Sephora. They have completely different audiences, but both of those audiences could fit into yours if you're hosting a business event, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Business owners all have cell phones, right? We all need, we all need yeah, cell plans. Sure <laughs> and then female business owners specifically, we might be looking for beauty products. So we can fit it in that way. It's all about your wording and your language, really. Yeah, absolutely. And so typically a lot of people are cold pitching unless you have those immediate connections, in a sense, into the industry. But what are your top three tips when refining your pitch? My top most important tip where I see a lot of people making mistakes is that the emails and the packages are too lengthy. So be as clear and concise as possible, right? The sponsors might reject it just because of the length and they get hundreds of these packages and emails every week. Some companies that are like really big and they have a lot of sponsorship inquiries coming in, they don't have time to read 20 pages of a package or an email that's like five paragraphs long. So keep it as concise as possible. I would say as long as your uh, pitch deck or your package is less than 10 slides, it's okay, it's not too overwhelming. And uh, yeah, just keep your emails very clear. Like what's your objective? What value do they bring? And what are your numbers and your demographic? Uh, My second part is breaking up your text with images. And that's where design comes in too. So you definitely need great copy to communicate who you are and what you do, but your images will make your package stand out. And then you can also use fun icons and charts. And yes, I do think charts are fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love using like pie charts just to show like what's the split of my audience, right? Who's coming to the event? What industry are they in? And it's a glance too, right? Especially when you're going through so many decks. Exactly. If you were to write that out, they might just skim over it. But if you actually put it in a healing chart, it's so much easier to digest that information. So using images are super important. And that's why I always tell people, Having a photographer at your event is a great idea. I see many people who just use phone pictures and then it's a, like a low quality package overall. If it's just off of your phone, even no matter how much you edit it, mm-hmm. it still doesn't look as good, right? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, having someone review it is really helpful. So whether that's a business friend, a coach or a mentor, something I learned when I was editing my magazine issues was that You'll need to review your pitch and email decks over and over again, just to make sure it's good and it's clear. So having a second pair of eyes, anyone that's in editing or a coach or a mentor, just to review it, it makes a massive difference. And they might even notice something that you're missing, or maybe you've repeated too many of the same words. 
So mm -hmm. it helps to have that. Yeah. Yeah. You made a great point. I think that people, they often overlook if you don't have enough stats or stuff like that, they just kind of bypass that information, but you can make it look interesting at the same time with what you already have in a sense. If you're just starting out and you don't have stats, at least having good quality images, even if you're starting out with stock images, I don't recommend stock images, but if you have to start there and just have really clean design, that's better than, you know, a package that has nothing other than words in it. So yeah, images and design are really important. So from a design perspective, how important is it to present your sponsorship packages and decks? Very important. <laughs> <laughs> I've honestly been through so many packages and decks at this point. I've seen it all. Like, I've seen it. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I mean, I, I can hear the trauma, I think, in your voice. <laughs> yeah, some of my clients have been really embarrassed. I try to reassure them like I could be tough on them not about their design just more so about their copy because I wouldn't say sure. I'm an expert in design but I still try to encourage them to have really clean design they had like an introduction page and a table of contents and it's like you don't need any of that there's not enough time to look through all of that right you just want to make it very clean so the ones that stand out most to me are the ones that are clean organized and very visually appealing I wouldn't say that you know I'm skilled in graphic design at all but Canva has become my best friend over the years mm -hmm. for this reason. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I had other clients who are super skilled. So they'll use Adobe InDesign and their packages are just like incredible. There's really, really beautiful sponsorship packages. And I find that this entices a potential sponsor and just leads them to begin actually reading your copy. If it looks nice on the outside, they'll want to continue reading. But one thing I do want to say is if you're having a smaller event, like similar to mine, I host a hundred and under like a hundred guests and under. I think it's fine to do the package on your own because mm -hmm. it's still quite small. But if you're having an event with 300 plus people, it's really important that you have a designer on your team to really take that to the next level. And that, that package matches your website because a lot of the time the sponsors aren't seeing your website. This is your first chance to get your foot in the door. Right. But after they read it and they like you, they will go check out your website. And if it's not seamless, there might be a disconnect and they might not want to work together. So it's just making the sales process even more difficult at that right. point. And yeah, the way that you invest in your own business and how it's communicated, whether it's visually or even the experience of the event itself is so reflective of the experience that the sponsorship is investing in themselves. If you're yeah. just half hacking your sponsorship deck and your events, even I think people can really tell at the end of the day, right? Definitely. Yeah, they can pick up on it. I mean, they just like me. I mean, they've seen more than I have probably. At this point. <laughs> so they can pick up on on anything. And so, yeah, you want to also stand out. So make sure that your design is not something typical that you see. I know with Canva, it gets tempting to use the templates and I love the templates, but I always try to customize them a little bit. So it feels more like my brand. And yeah. so you've got your internal structure figured out, but when you're looking to generate new sponsors and partners, what are your top three networking tips in person to make those genuine connections come full circle for you? I love talking about this because I see so much value in making an offline connection. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's seriously just so different when a sponsor or a partner, they meet you in person and now they have a face you just become so much more memorable. So for me, my first step would be, I always scout the internet for events. I use Facebook events, Eventbrite, and then social media to see what's happening near me. Usually people are posting on their IG stories as well. So that helps you kind of get an idea like, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And then I'll look at the list of the speakers and panelists to actually see 
are these topics I'm interested in? Is it something that I sorry, even want to attend? Any special guests that are coming, any influencers, other organizers, that sort of thing. And then I'll compile a mental or a written list of who would be best for me to connect with there. And then at the event, I don't try to connect with everybody. Mm-hmm. I would say choose three to four people maximum because you want to have quality connections over quantity. It might end up that only one person comes off of your list that you originally planned. You might meet some new people. So that's always great too. If you go past that number of three to four, you might get too rushed. And then it's just a game of like, here's my business card. And it just becomes ingenuine again. So definitely trying to avoid that. And I think that it's so easy nowadays to not want to go to events. And I understand right now there's a lot going on with health stuff and coronavirus. So definitely stay indoors if you need to. <laughs> but when, you know, if things get better and, and when things get better and you're ready to go out again, I would say try to ditch the excuses because I, I have this habit even in the wintertime. Oh my God, it's so much easier to stay in. The weather's not that great. I'm cold. Uh, I don't think I'll learn anything. I'll justify it as much as I can just to avoid going. Mm-hmm. But I think that what you won't regret is really going and building a lasting connection that could change the, tra- the whole trajectory of your business. And so for me, I had this experience with the meetup group I run now. Before I took it over, I had gone to an event before and it was like a hundred person event, uh, completely free. So it was packed. It was like in a very small space. It was co- completely packed. And I met these two women there and they told me, you know, they just saw it online. They wanted to come over. And I said, well, what do you do? And they told me that they are part of Mark Anthony's salon, the hair salon. And believe it or not, at that time, I was looking for a partner to do my hair and makeup for the magazine. I honestly didn't even pitch it to them. They just said, let's have a meeting. Like we're interested in getting more into like media and publications. And they became my partner for a very long time. So that was like a great in-person connection that was completely unplanned. I love that. Back on the topic of the event side when you go and and you're doing that networking I think ditching the business card is a good idea I know it's so easy to go into that but it just becomes like a game of handing out more and more cards right so I try to be as genuine and authentic as I can when I'm approaching others I try to understand um what do what do they need what can I help them with in their business what other connections could I help them with and that's also great if you're hosting an event because it's going to help you promote what you do, your services to a targeted audience as well. So that's really helpful. Um, in terms of other things I wanted to talk about, I think the only other thing that I wanted to touch on was how my, sometimes my personal professional brand, I can get kind of heavy in my topics when I'm like on social media, for example, I talk a lot about chronic illness on my personal page. And I think that choosing those lighter colors and, you know, brighter colors and and everything's a bit lighter and and the photography that I choose, it just makes the whole conversation around it Mm. a little bit lighter and a little more comforting versus just seeing this, all this wording that's kind of sad. Mm. Yeah, it's really in your face. So having those colors picked out and having those images chosen, it makes such a big difference in my language and, and it helps my audience resonate with me more for sure. It's very intentional is what I tell my clients all the time. And sometimes it's not what you follow, but what you follow through on is what I tell a lot of people as well. It's making sure that you have the intention and purpose behind it and be able to storytell through that. And, you know, as you and your story evolves as well, like your brand will naturally evolve with you. Yeah. So it's, yeah, just understanding you should be cohesive and consistent, but that purpose and intention really is reflected if you choose to show up that way. I agree. It's, it really is a story. So it's amazing seeing it come together like that, right? each step Mm -hmm. of the way. And so I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) 
What are you currently celebrating? So I have a lot going on currently. I actually just finished revamping my website just so I can take on, yeah, super exciting. So I can now take on more one-on-one clients. And this is really sad. I I don't like telling the story, but (laughs) I'm going to be a little vulnerable. Sad, but I was just using a PDF for the longest time to show my, like all my services were listed in a PDF because I relaunched in July and it took off so fast. I literally couldn't keep up. And so it's, it's not that I had a hard time getting clients, like the clients were coming in, but now that like, I want to branch into more and I want to take on more clients and realize my website and my design needs to be mm-hmm. on point, right? There needs to be a central place they can go and find me. So now it's, it's revamped. The PDF's gone. I've thrown it out. Deleted <laughs> <laughs> that. And I just want everything to move a little bit quicker. So the website's there and that helps. And then in terms of events, I, I am planning a bunch. I've had to put my next one on hold just because everyone's been a little bit fearful with everything going on. Yeah. And I understand that, but I have a few in mind. So just getting all that planning going as well. Well, congrats on the adaptability, especially I imagine with the event space and everything that's happening around the world, it can be hard to be like on your toes sometimes and let go of certain things. But I'm sure like a lot of your clients and a lot of your audience can appreciate that as well and your agility in, in this space. So What's the number one thing that you want people to have fun with from this episode? I would say have as much fun with the whole process. Literally every step of the way can be fun if you make it that way. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. The first part like that I find the most fun for me is figuring out the theme of my event. So for example, in October of last year, I did a fall, like fall theme event based on communication. But I had so much fun because all of the design, like the branding was all based around like these orangey tones and these peach tones. So it was all fitting into the fall theme. And then we brought that kind of to life with like little pumpkins here and there and like really nice florals and stuff. So yeah, I would say have fun figuring out your theme and then apply that to any colors that you're choosing and the language that you're choosing as well. You know, if it's a light event, try to choose some fun words that really entice your audience to want to come to it. And play around with your design as much as you can. Like I said, on if you're using Canva, feel free to customize it. Don't just use the template. Try to make it your own. And if you're having a big event, you know, go to Christine. <laughs> go to a designer. <laughs> Have someone involved that's really an expert with it because there's only so much that you could know when you're just starting out. And it's great to have more people involved. And really, it's just so amazing seeing everything come together from the initial concept in your mind to designing the packages and putting in the language and then securing your sponsors. And finally, seeing everything pan out at the event. You just stand there sometimes and you're like, wow, I can't imagine like, Six months ago, this was in my head, and now it's it's real, it's here. So yeah. that's the most fun for me, for sure. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for taking the time to join in on the fun on the Brand Party Podcast. Where can people find out more about you? So I've got a few social accounts. <laughs> I would say if you're on Instagram, it's just at FemEvolve or at TO Professional Women. On Facebook, it's at FemEvolve Inc. or at Toronto Professional Women. And then my my personal Instagram page is just at Christina.Pariag. And it's just my first last name. And my new website, if you want to check it out, <laughs> is FemEvolve.net. So definitely go there if you're looking for any sort of help with your sponsorship for your events. Thanks so much, Christina. Thanks for having me. Looking for additional support to create a clear, confident, and cohesive brand? Grab the guide that has helped business owners alike determine what's most important when you're just starting to build a brand so you can continue on with what you do best with a free brand consistency checklist when you sign up for the email newsletter. Get access right away straight to your inbox with the link in the show notes.